You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, Symphony of Simply Sincere Synced Simians. Welcome to Good Job Rain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 154. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your doctors defeating Daleks and drawing deductions and defending damsels and daughters from distress. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. And thanks to Julian, uh, who wrote in with that alliteration. All right, I have some stuff from our mailbag here. We have a over, well, not overdue, but there is a, a Trotter postcard. Mm, a, la- uh, a late arriving. Yeah. It's from Edward and Liz, and they say, Greeting, Brains! I'm writing from sunny Reykjavik, Iceland, where my wife and I are spending our honeymoon. Awesome. Mm. Um, I'm not going to read the whole postcard, but it's... I'm glad they thought of us in it's so It's so good, there's two of them. Like, they sent a part one what? and a part yeah. two, and it's filled uh, with stuff, including facts about Iceland. And I just want to share some facts with you guys here. <laughs> one out of ten modern Icelanders will publish a book in their lifetime. Mm. So, that sounds pretty high. They are yeah. voracious consumers of literature. Yeah. Ah. The majority of Icelanders believe in elves. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> the singer Björk has said in interviews that Icelandic record companies prefer musicians that believe in elves and that <laughs> construction workers have claimed equipment malfunction in elf territory. Yeah. Uh, well, it's easier, it it's easier than saying, like, well, I was high on mushrooms, <laughs> and, I, and I crashed the backhoe. Yes. <laughs> Some elves. Uh, elves. 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 Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you guys, uh, Eddie and Liz. And congratulations. Congratulations. Yes, congrats. That's such a cool place to visit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Elves. It's just, I don't know, just the funny, the, the sort of juxtaposition of these two facts. Like, <laughs> maybe they are maybe, elves. Maybe, they're yeah, they're true. Race, yep, yep. Bjork certainly yeah. is, so. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. What? Do you guys remember as a kid, there was this book, it's a huge book, and it's called Gnomes, and it's like, almost like a textbook, but it's a kid's book. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember that. And it goes... Yeah. Talking as if this is a real thing, right? Like, like it's like uh-huh. a Charles Darwinian kind of a, yeah. a uh-huh. like study of yeah. these gnomes yeah. and what they do and stuff. They're not real, Karen. I know. Yeah. I'm so sad. I really <laughs> thought because it, it looks like a textbook and yeah. they have these little diagrams and stuff, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, they have a naked gnome too. And when I was a kid, I was like, wow. <laughs> there are some boobies in this kid's book it's kind of weird yeah. had such funny. a vivid memory of that. of that but there's another spread that's like it shows them what they eat for breakfast because oh, they're little yeah. gnomes and like the the breads what and do they have stuff. they have like ant eggs and they bake. No. i mean because they, <laughs> okay, they're small sure. and they have like quail eggs and they they bake their own like honey bread mm. and i love fictional food totally like, fictional yeah. food is so cool. Oh, we should do an episode on fictional food. Like, World of Warcraft, I don't know why I'm in this tangent, but, like, World of Warcraft, <laughs> like, I want to eat all the fake food. Mm-hmm. Spiced Mulgore bread. I was like, that sounds so good. Sounds nice. It's probably not very good. What's Mulgore? Mulgore is a territory. Oh, okay. So it's okay. just spiced, spiced, spiced bread. bread from yeah. that region. But even, oh. like, Harry Potter, like, Harry Potter food is, like, right. Oh, right. Yeah. magical and amazing. Delicious. There is, yeah, there is definitely, uh, there is something to be said for 
fantasy writers that go overboard with the descriptions of fantasy food because that yeah. can be really I, I like reading everybody likes reading the the scenes where they all eat and like the descriptions of what they're mm-hmm. eating and pumpkin juice and butter beer and it, yeah speaking of harry potter yeah actually uh this is from vincenzo uh from twitter vincenzo 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 from twitter one of our listeners tweeted this a whole bunch of new species of animals have been found in the mekong river including what they're calling the Ampulix Dementor Wasp. <laughs> the single sting of the Dementor Wasp, uh, the venom, is injected into, like, bellies of uh, cockroaches or big bugs, oh. and it blocks their receptors uh, of neurotransmitters. So, oh. so the cockroach is capable of movement. But can't control but he, the body. These are like they, the, the like the zombie cockroaches. Yeah, the zombie right? cockroaches. Yeah. So this is another another bug or another uh, type of wasp that have venom uh-huh. that functions that way. They are finding a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, just one of the <laughs> 139 new species discovered by scientists in the Greater Mekong region last year. Hmm. 139 yeah. new species hmm. just in a year. That's like. Let's just, like, let's I mean, just stop looking. Like, I feel like we're going to no run out of things. Of this. Yeah, exactly. That's true. The stuff we're finding is like <laughs> yeah. scary. Uh, we've got to find something that's really bad. Yeah. We're going to wish we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get on with our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Here I have my random assortment. Randomizer. You guys have your barnyard buzzers. Yes. All right, we got Baby Boomer, 90s, General, and I think maybe a Star Wars one in All here. All right, not Star oh, Wars. Oh, you don't say. It's not random if you're looking at no, it. No, no, I just want to make sure what kind what kind I have. No, that's that's exactly not random. She wanted no, 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 the, the categories. categories the, category. oh, the pool, yeah. the pool of, of candidates. Okay. constrained pool. All right. Oh, 90s, yes. 90s. All right, Trivia Pursuit, the 90s. All no right. specific year, just the decade. Here we go, Blue Wedge. The 19 years. The 19 years. <laughs> Blue Wedge. What diva sang one more for the road as Johnny Carson's last Tonight Show guest? <laughs> that Colin. Was, that was Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Ah, yes. Made, it, made him cry. for the oh. road. Uh, Pink Wedge. What movie did Hormel attempt to suppress because of a pirate pig puppet named Spam? Spam. Pirate. A pirate pink puppet named Spam. Dana. Uh, is it, it's one of those Muppet movies. Um, it's the Muppets Pirate Adventure. What was it? Uh, you're on the retreat. What is the name of the film? I had this on. VHS, but I don't remember Chris. what it's called. Muppets Ahoy. <laughs> uh, what is it? Muppet Treasure Island. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Treasure Island. I could Island. almost describe the VHS box, but I couldn't see the spam. Uh, all right, Yellow Wedge. What Argentine guerrilla fighters' long lost remains were given a hero's burial in Cuba? Uh, Everybody! Che Guevara. Yes, correct. Ernesto. Shay, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Purple Wedge, what German sandal maker sold more cork-soled shoes between 1992 huh. and 1994 than in the previous 20 years? <laughs> Everybody, it's my favorite. Birkenstock. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Doc Martens. 
Green Wedge, what tennis player won 14 Grand Slam single titles during the 90s? Everybody. Uh, Andre Agassi? Incorrect. No. I'm going uh, to guess Pete Sampras. Incorrect. What? Oh, tennis oh. player. Oh. John McEnroe? Uh, Colin. Is that Steffi Groff? Steffi Groff. <laughs> Didn't say yeah. it was a dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She was unstoppable there for a while. She got stabbed, right? No, that was <laughs> no. We can't have this somebody. Anymore. That was uh, Monica Sella. Monica Sella. Monica Sella. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the stabbing. It was really sad. I mean, it it really derailed a huge chunk of her career. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like it was just like a, a unstable person. It was. You know? Yeah, yeah. Man, that was crazy. That yeah. Oh. That was so weird. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question. Orange Wedge, what was the first band on a major label to debut a complete song over the internet with Head First? Oh. Uh, Chris. Oh. Um, I thought it was Radiohead, but I may be wrong. I was going to guess Radiohead, too. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Because they... Well, yeah, they, they sold an album. Yeah, but that wasn't... Was digital, like, yeah. That wasn't the 90s. Pay as you want. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's the, the 2000s. Debut a complete song on the internet. On a major Head for On a major label. Uh, ah. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Uh, was this uh, was this Public Enemy? Incorrect. Mm, okay. It is Aerosmith. Oh, okay. Who huh. knew? Hmm. I don't. God, I don't remember this. I feel like I hmm. maybe it was just done really badly or like that not song a lot of didn't pure. hit. Though, yeah, did it? No. it didn't. Yeah. yeah, if the song were a hit, we'd be like, oh yeah. And was yeah. this like a meaty version? Like depends on what kind of connection. The, you had, you know? yeah, no, no, I think I'm it was a regular sure song. It was a regular yeah. song. Yeah. Know, that would be funny though. <laughs> Chip tune. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've really gone in a new direction. Yeah. Good job, brains. So, Colin being the resident Star Wars nerd. Yes. <laughs> so, you've obviously uh, absorbed, like, all the trailer and the news and all the stuff about the upcoming Star Wars movie. For The Force Awakens? Yes. Yeah, I have. I definitely... Do you have a theory? Like, are you one of those people who have theory and what do you think is going to happen? I've, I've, you know, it's it's funny. I've actually... Colin's corner. I've been trying, I've been trying not to <laughs> let my brain dwell and think about what it might be about. Because I, I want to try and preserve mm. as much surprise when I walk into that theater yeah. in December. So I, I've been avoiding a lot of people re- talking about speculation. I think that, I mean, the title alone, The Force Awakens, I think it's pretty clear that some element of the story is going to be about a person or people discovering their force sensitivity that maybe they didn't know about, what effect it might have on the universe. But I, I'm really trying not to not to get too much into the speculation of the spoiler. I, I think this is of, such a yeah. funny question because Colin is like the the most anti-spoiler person I know. Like when there's a basketball game on during pub trivia, oh, yeah. like oh. he like is like, don't let oh, me yeah. see the TV. Like. I, <laughs> one dribble and it's spoiled. You want to go in fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Karen and I, like, we read the Wikipedia articles for the scary movies before we, we watch yeah, them. We don't care. Like, I read Game yeah. of Thrones w- recap yeah. before the episode. I, I read the wiki. Like, yeah. I've, read the, I, I've read some of the books, not all of them, but I read the complete wiki, like, to see all the Yeah. And I'm totally okay. Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. I, I don't feel like it hampers, uh, it doesn't no. dampen the, the enjoyability. It, it heightens it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I know, like, what to expect. Is there going to be a, you know, wolf being killed? Yeah. And I'll, I'll know. What should I'll I watch out for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I like, I like to, I like as much as I can to experience the story fresh. Yeah. yeah. And in the spirit of Star Wars, I actually, uh, a lot of the big buzz is, uh, uh, Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road, big buzz good. currently. So we thought that today we would talk about things that are sci fi. 
I will start us off here. I've got a tale for you guys of overlapping heroes, imitation, and licensing rights. Wow. Actually, we really like the licensing <laughs> we rights. We do like the licensing stuff. rights, yeah. It seems so boring, but it's like really scandalous. <laughs> and you, you may have assumed that I was going to come in this episode talking about Star Wars. And I, I, I promise you, I will get to Star Wars. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, will, I will wrap up with Star Wars, but I wanted to talk about something different here. Let's set the stage here with uh, what I have come to learn is an important date in science fiction history. We're going to go back to February 1912. Whoa, okay. Yeah, over 100 years ago. The All Story magazine, this was the name of the magazine, The All Story, published the first installment of a serialized set of stories of what would become the John Carter of Mars mm. saga. Uh, you have probably heard of this before. If for no other reason than just recently they tried to turn it into a big, huge, successful movie, and it was a big, huge flop. It's Barsoom, right? Bar- the Barsoom yes, series? Yes, the Barsoom series. That's right. So uh, the very first installment of the story was published as Under the Moons of Mars. And the story was credited to Norman Bean. Norman Bean. Now, Norman Bean was a pen name yeah. because the story was actually written by Edgar Rice Burroughs, who most people uh, probably would say he's more known for creating Tarzan mm-hmm. and the entire Tarzan saga. But, you know, there are a lot of people out on the internet who will argue that <laughs> the John Carter stories are actually had a longer and more important legacy in terms of the the, mm-hmm. the types of stories that they inspired. Mm-hmm. There, there are a lot of people who will point to this set of stories as, this is where I consider or science fiction started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can disagree, certainly. You know, for some people, maybe it's Jules Verne, you know, yeah. whoever you want to choose as your early story. This was a story about someone traveling to another planet, encountering foreign technology, and, you know, it sort of fits fits the, the general definition of science fiction. So, now back to the name here, Norman Bean. Uh, I've read that the story goes that he submitted the story under the name Normal Bean. And it was a very kind of punny name, like... Like human uh, being. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in my normal Ryan telling you this fantastic story. It, apparently, the typesetter at the magazine uh, thought it was a typo and helpfully changed it to okay. Norman Bean. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and it's if you haven't read the stories or seen the movie, it's vaguely westernish. It is set on Mars. Uh, John Carter, he's a Civil War vet, and he is transported from the American Southwest to Mars, where adventures begin, and you can fill in the blanks there. They were immensely popular. They were really, really, really popular. And part of the reason that they were popular is it was it was novel. You know, it, there was nobody else was writing about stories on taking place on Mars, and it kind of just captured people's imaginations. So yeah. when this new genre kind of opened up, people are like, oh, we got a whole new genre of stories we can publish um. under. Uh, so one of these pulpy magazines of the uh, early 1900s was Amazing Stories. And Amazing Stories is said to be the first magazine devoted to science fiction. So not uh, just Western or general adventures or Indiana Jones kind of stories, but really being early, early science fiction uh, oriented. In 1928, in the pages of Amazing Stories, Philip Francis Nolan published a novella titled Armageddon. 2419 AD, in which he told the story of Anthony Rogers. Now, we know Anthony Rogers better as Buck Rogers. And I want to talk to you about Buck Rogers, and I want to talk to you about Flash Gordon. Because when we go back to sort of those 
at least in my mind, the classic heyday of science fiction. This is like really early. Really early. Really early. Sort of like, you know, into the 30s and the 40s is really in my mind, at least, mm-hmm. when sci-fi just became a thing. So this was 1928, the, the Armageddon 2419 story. The lead character, Anthony Rogers, uh, he was a World War One veteran. Oh, my He was God. working for the... <laughs> this, this cracks me up. The He was working for the American Radioactive Gas Corporation oh. in the story. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have a company called that today. A great company to work for. Exactly. <laughs> he basically is in a cave, gets exposed to radioactive gas, falls into suspended animation, mm-hmm. and this is really the nut of the, the Buck Rogers storyline is he wakes up 500 years later, 492 okay. years later to be exact. It has his adventures with aliens and foreign technologies and on and huh. on and on. This was a big hit. Big, big, big hit. Uh, he wrote a sequel called The Air Lords of Han. The, uh, the Han in his stories were the, were the enemy. Um, sure. you can say maybe race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want, let's say, uh, let's say the, the enemies, right. Um, also a big hit. They drew the notice of the National Newspaper Service Syndicate. So, you know, even back in those days in the twenties and the thirties, there were syndicates that would supply comic yeah. strips and oh, features and things like that. Oh, incredibly yeah. Incredibly yeah. important, right? Because yeah, not every newspaper can generate all that content on right. their own. Mm-hmm. So they uh, approached Nolan and said, "Hey, we want to turn uh, Anthony Rogers. We want to turn it into a strip." So they turned it into a into a strip, a syndicated comic strip appearing in the newspapers. They had the probably smart stroke of let's rename him with something a little more zippy yeah. than just Anthony Rogers. So they gave him the new nickname Buck. The Buck Rogers came in once the newspaper syndicated strip started. Big hit. Everyone loves all the Buck Rogers stories. They made uh, uh, radio serials. They made uh, movie serials. <sighs> there was a 10-minute Buck Rogers short film at the Chicago World's Fair, of course, yeah. in 1933 34. As with anything that's a big hit, people want to copy it. Mm-hmm. So King Features Syndicate, one of the other newspaper syndicating authorities at the time, is they're like, hey, you know what? This science fiction adventure stuff, this is pretty popular. We got to have one of our own that oh, we're distributing. Yeah. Okay. So their first idea was, hey, let's turn John Carter of Mars into a strip. They're like, it's already popular. We don't need to come up with anything new. We'll just go throw some money at Burroughs and he'll let us turn it into a strip. And they negotiated with him and ultimately they couldn't do it. They couldn't, they couldn't agree on the right price with Edgar Rice Burroughs. So not to be daunted, they basically decided, uh, screw it. (laughs) We'll just come up with our own hero and we'll base it on Buck Rogers. Mm. So this was the birth of Flash Gordon. The King Features Syndicate basically Commissioned, we need a sci-fi hero to compete with Buck Rogers. Down to the right, the same tone, the same general look and feel. The name, yeah, Roger, Buck Rogers, Gordon, Flash yeah. Gordon. Right in 1934, January 1934, the Flash Gordon strip debuted. I'll give you the very brief kind of high level here. He was uh, he was a polo player from Yale University. Oh, you know, I mean, really, an everyman, yeah. an everyman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he has a a sort of borderline mad scientist friend. He and his compatriots, they get flown out into space where Flash Gordon's adventures begin. He fights Ming the Merciless. Again, not a very Wait, PC. Uh, Ming? Ming the Merciless. Versus the, versus yes. And the Han? You know, this, yeah, there was, uh-huh. I mean, we can just come out and say yeah. it. There, there was uh, some very thinly veiled racism here of Asian okay. characters okay. in these strips okay. at the time. It is what it is. 
And so for the next several decades, the 30s, the 40s, into the 50s, there were radio serials, there were movies, there were comics, there were toys, merchandising. I mean, both of them basically just cranking out <laughs> as much entertainment as they can for the two stories. Universal Studios, the, the movie production company, they, they made a lot of the Flash Gordon movies. They made several of them, of course. And, you know, they weren't super high budget, but they, they made a lot of money back. And when they finished the Flash Gordon series, they're like, all right, well, what's next? What else can we make? So they made a Buck Rogers series. Now, here's where it gets funny. Wow. Wait, so they're double... Dipping? The same studio. They had made all the Flash Gordon movies, uh. and they're like, well, what are we going to do next? All right, we'll make some Buck Rogers movies. They got the same actor. Yeah. No they way. got Larry, Larry Buster Crab, who, who he played. <laughs> name. He played both Flash Gordon and both uh. Buck Rogers, all in the span of a few years. I don't believe. What? Yes, yes. Let's see what he looks like. You know, he looks vaguely 1930s leading man-ish. Like, he's okay. believable as Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. but people didn't care. That's the thing. Right. It was yeah. just, they just, it was just grist for the mill. Uh, I've read that even a lot of the same costumes and sets sure, would have shown yeah. up in the yeah. same series. Like, oh, yeah. I recognize this costume <laughs> from both Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. They were producing those as cheaply as they possibly yeah. could. They really were. All right. We're going to flash forward a, a little bit here. So into the 1970s. We're, we're in the early 70s here and there is a young director by the name of george lucas you've probably heard of him Hmm. fresh off the success of american graffiti in 1973 lucas was you know thinking all right what's the next movie i want to make and he had in mind a space opera and specifically he wanted to make flash gordon he wanted to make a flash gordon movie for his next big project. And uh, this is a quote here. I'm going to read to you. So now this is a quote from George Lucas uh, from an interview that he gave before Star Wars had even proven itself as a hit. Okay. So there's no uh, benefit of hindsight in this statement yeah. at all. This is George Lucas speaking. Originally, I wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie with all the trimmings, but I couldn't obtain the rights to the characters. And this, in fact, is true. The Hollywood uh, super producer Dino De Laurentiis. Oh, yeah. He held the rights to Flash Gordon in the 70s. And and they were, they were unable to strike a deal. They couldn't get the licensing uh. rights. And so, again, they kind of figured, well... Screw you, we'll make our own space opera and come up with our own storyline. And that's what he did. He went on to create Star Wars basically out of being unable to get the rights to Flash Gordon. Wow. Everybody's like, gets turned down when they're, when they say they want to use somebody else's IP. And they're like, I'll make my own. I'll make, yeah. And I'll be cheaper. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it's funny. And, you know, of course, I mean, in the wake of the huge success that Star Wars had in 1977, you can imagine that all of a sudden Hollywood was a lot more willing. All right. It was something space. We need something space oriented. Get it out there as quickly as we can. Uh, and so indeed it was in 1980. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the 1980 Flash Gordon movie. Have you mm-hmm. ever seen it? It's very campy. It's very okay. campy is the first thing to keep in mind. It's, you know, it, it's not unlike like the Batman, the 1960s Batman show. It, it holds up okay today. I don't think it holds up as well as Dino De Laurentiis might have wanted, but it does have an awesome, awesome soundtrack oh, by Queen. Queen. Yeah. yeah. Flash. Got it. Yes. <laughs> But what I love about this entire story of the thread all the way through from John Carter to Star Wars is when you can't find the story you want to tell, mm. you make up your own story and it goes on and becomes even more influential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. Yeah. Wow, that's true. Yeah. 
Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. I'm going to piggyback on what you just talked about. And here I have a mini quiz. And you took one of the questions from me. Uh, because you talked about John Carter. You should ask that question anyway. I will feel so smart. Okay. <laughs> that would be funny if in our episodes we have a quiz about what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> what did we talk about? Uh, now. Uh, yeah. Now. Now that we're done with the yes. episode. Recap. What yeah. century was Buck Rogers in? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. There are obviously a lot of literature. There's a lot of sci-fi literature that movies were based off of these books, mm. these stories. Um, so what I'm going to do is um, I have a couple of movies all within the 2000s. Uh, they're, they're movies that you probably didn't know were inspired by a piece of sci-fi literary work. Okay. okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the plot and mm. then you try to name the movie. Okay. All in the 2000s. So okay. from 2000 now. Okay. Oh, right, right. uh, well, here here's one summary. When Civil War veteran mysteriously wakes up on the surface of Mars, he becomes embroiled in an epic conflict among the Red Planet's inhabitants. Everybody. John, John Carter. Carter. Oh. Yep. Starring Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> Taylor Hicks? Taylor. <laughs> he, that guy has some range. What was it? He was in three blockbusters in the same year they that all bombed. They tanked, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Battleship, Aww. John Carter. Movies based on... Board games. Movies based on board games. Um, Jumanji, yeah. but that's Connect a fake one. <laughs> well, there's, there's um, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Clue. They yeah. signed a whole bunch. Well, like Hasbro, oh, whatever. Yeah, Hasbro they signed did. a deal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah Monopoly. I believe Monopoly they are yeah. developing a Monopoly movie. Uh, okay. There are no new Anyways. ideas. All right. Mitigating Risk. Uh-huh. Here. That's the name of the Risk movie. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay, sorry. That's good. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, that's good. All right. What movie is this? Politician David Norris meets a ballerina named Elise, 
mysterious men conspire to keep him away from the beautiful dancer. Oh. oh. Uh, that's oh. uh, that's uh, the Adjustment yes, Bureau. Yes, yes, yeah. The yes. Adjustment Bureau, starring Matt, Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Emily Blunt, yeah. based yeah. on a story called Adjustment Team, written by Philip, Philip K. K. Dick, who wrote whose whose materials have been <laughs> made into movies. Left and right. Yeah. I like when you guys did that in unison, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we got so excited. It was like the tone. And then what you're saying is also funny. Like the whole thing. Um, His are always sort of, yeah, weird or sci fi and oh, just kind of strange worlds in some Blade way. Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. Do Androids Dream yes. of Electric Sheep? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Paycheck. Yeah. Paycheck. He, oh, he has so many short stories that they would flesh out, yeah, into, into longer into movies. Long. But like, his stuff, I was looking at his list. I was like, oh my god, a lot of these were turned into movies, including Adjustment Bureau. I had no idea that was based on a Phil K. Dick story. <laughs> All right. When Earth falls under attack from invincible aliens, no military unit in the world is able to beat them. Major William Cage, an officer who has never seen combat, is assigned to a suicide mission. Killed within moments, Cage finds himself thrown into a time loop in which he relives the same brutal fight and his death over again. Aww. Over and over. Uh, Dana. Edge of Tomorrow? Correct! Yep. Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. Oh, I thought we had to name the source. Oh. Can you name the source? That's from the book All You Need Is Kill. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. All You Need Is Kill? All You mm-hmm. Need they Is Kill. the name huh. of it. By Hiroshi Sakurazaka. Uh, it's a 2004 Japanese yeah. light novel. Oh. Have you noticed that now that it's out on video, they, they've subtly changed the Live, name? Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Live, Die, Repeat, oh. colon, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Or that's the that's the tagline, but it's like really big on the box. Yeah. I, I saw Edge of Tomorrow kind of by accident. I was just like, <laughs> oh, whatever, I'll watch this. It has good reviews. I don't know what it's about what at did all. You think? I loved it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was so good. And then I was like, this name, I forget what the name is. Like, I'm surprised I just remembered what it was. I guess because I saw it again recently, but. It's very generic. Yeah, but Live, Die, Repeat would have been better. I, I think you're right. I think, all you uh, need is kill. It is, yeah. It's more high concept. All you need yeah. is kill. Yeah, I mean, the movie's so high concept. It's like yeah. a, it's like a, it's like a video game yeah. spawn movie. It's that's yeah. a, that's how a lot of people describe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Groundhog um, Day with aliens. And some Gears of War, like, like armor. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, next one. An illusion gone horribly wrong pits two 19th century magicians against each other in a bitter battle for supremacy. Supremacy. Uh, uh, Colin. Uh, is that The Prestige? Correct. It yeah. is The Prestige. It's, uh, Christopher Nolan. Very dark atmosphere. Dark, dark and slow. <laughs> yeah, there was another one that brooding. came out around that time, too. Illusionist. About, yeah. About magicians, yeah. Edward Norton was yeah. in that one. And I got one more here. Here's the summary. When infertility threatens mankind with extinction and the last child born has perished, a disillusioned bureaucrat becomes the unlikely champion in the fight for survival of Earth's population. Colin. Was that uh, uh, Children of Men? Correct. Yeah. Children of Men, based on the P.D. James novel of the same name. Mm. He was a bureaucrat? A bureaucrat. Yeah, because I think UK was the only place with a functional government mm. in, in the story. Mm. But yeah. I Who was that? Was that Clive, Clive Owen? Oh, not yes. Clive. Yeah, Clive Owen. Okay, um, okay. 
And relatedly, and of course, I'm, I'm only talking about the, maybe the movies that you didn't know. Uh, that's not kind of common uh, knowledge that it's from books. I did not include Hunger Games or Jurassic mm. or you know, Dr- mm. the yeah. series, which is based on uh, Michael Crichton pumped out a whole yeah. bunch of <laughs> Congo, yeah. um, Sphere. Andromeda Strain. Andromeda Strain, Sphere. yeah. Man. Yeah. And those all got made into movies. But here I have a list uh, from Box Office Mojo of sci-fi movies based on books. Okay. The top five movies. Top five. Number five. I Am Legend. Mm. Okay. Uh, number four. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Number three. <laughs> Jurassic Park. Okay. Number okay. two. The Hunger Games. <laughs> ah. Number one. The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Wow. Really? Oh, they've yeah. got three like of the far, top yeah. five. That's, that's all time? So that's so far. All Hunger Games movies that have been out are in the top yeah. five. We wow. still have one more wow. to go. I don't watch a lot of science fiction or read a lot of science fiction. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Th- exactly. Okay. That's so your... that's what the quiz well, is about. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what the quiz okay. is about. Okay. I feel like, I mean, Battlestar Galactica has no, it is science fiction in the sense that there is advanced technology, but they don't, a lot of the people are not, they're not space explorers. They just so happen to, to be on this ship on when it. all the planets exploded, that's right? That's true. That's yes, true. Yes. Oh, okay. Except um, for the sentient robots, yeah, it's mostly the... a human drama. <laughs> right. But even the sentient robots are just sort of like... They have human properties, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Battlestar Galactica could, of course, refer to uh, an original 21-episode uh, 1970s TV series. And Galactica 1980, it's ill-fated, short-lived. Uh, I mean, hey, the first Battlestar Galactica, I guess, was also ill-fated and short-lived. Um, <laughs> okay. Then the uh, Sci-Fi Network's um, reimagined Battlestar Galactica, which was far, far more popular. It is all about Battlestar, but okay. it is a Battlestar Galactica quiz that you do not have to know a single thing <laughs> about Battlestar Galactica because I'm going to be asking you questions about the actors oh, okay. who have been on Battlestar Galactica All right. okay. and other things that they have done. Oh, man. Okay. So it's okay. Have, right, you, that's ha- good. have you never seen Battlestar Galactica? I watched it like 10 years ago okay. or something. Oh, okay. I, I think it was 2005 is my guess. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you all have pens and paper, so write them all down okay. and that will keep score. Whoa. All right. All See right. who wins. Okay. Okay, here we go. Question one. This Battlestar Galactica cast member shares a name. The cast member shares a name with a winner of Survivor. Oh, yeah. fir- shares a full, complete first and last name with a winner of Survivor. Answers up. Uh, Colin says Richard Hatch, Karen, age 33. Oh. She wrote on the thing. <laughs> and like this is the SAT. It says, uh, Karen also says Richard Hatch. And Dana says Edward James Olmos. <laughs> a good, a good guess, Dana, but it is indeed Richard Hatch. Yeah. Um, so you, who, I would say you do need to know Battlestar Galactica in or order Survivor. To pull a name out. Or Survivor. It's going to be a rough quiz. So that is one point for Colin and one point for Karen. Yes. Richard Hatch, of course, played uh, Apollo on the first show and then played Tom Zarek in Surgeon in the second show. Yep. Yes. And he, he actually spent the interim between those two fighting for every chance he could get to get Battlestar Galactica oh. revived. Oh, yeah. He was a big... Yes. Yeah. But, of course, his efforts did not result in the sci-fi show. That was something totally different. But they went to him and they were like, well, would you like to be on the show? And he was like, 
Yeah, okay. And he, then they put aside all their differences and work together. Question two. Michael Truco, who played Sam Anders on the, the new Battlestar Galactica, later had a recurring role in 2012 in the eighth season of what sitcom? Wow. What? Oh, I'm trying to give you as much okay. information as you can to sort of nail it down. 2012. Yes. Eighth Eighth season. Eighth season of what sitcom? So what? You know, think about what what uh you know popular long running sitcom may have had its eighth season around the year twenty twelve. Anders, oh god, what was it? Karen says The Office. Colin says How I Met Your Mother. Dana says Big Bang Theory. Really spreading it out among popular sitcoms. Colin is correct. How I Met Your Mother, and he played a a, a boyfriend of of Robin. Uh, that show has season. been on for how long was it on? I, I thought believe it was ended nine on seasons. I believe total. Oh, yes. Okay. Wow. So one for Colin. Her first ever acting role was in 1998 on the Lifetime original movie Fifteen and Pregnant. Who might have been that age at that time and on the Lifetime original movie and is also on Battlestar Galactica and is an Amy you know. <laughs> we have our answers. Uh, Dana says Kelly Kelly Martin. Uh, Colin says Katie Sackhoff. And Karen says Trisha Hefner. We're going to say Trisha Helfer. Yes. Uh, it is, in fact, Katie, Katie Sackhoff. Sackhoff. Oh, man. First ever acting role. Really? Darn. She was new to me. I had never seen her in anything before. Yeah, Battlestar. Yes. I didn't know she was on Battlestar, or else I would have. Yeah. Because I watch her. Oh, sorry. Uh, how many Katie questions? Katie Sackhoff, who of course plays. <laughs> how many questions? Kara Starbuck Thrace. Okay. Just a few more questions, Dana. <laughs> okay. Try to hold it in. <laughs> like, I have no context. Here's, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. All right, here's one. Trisha Helfer, who played Cylon number six on uh, Battlestar Galactica. Played this character in the recent game Mortal Kombat X. This character that she played has been in the series since the first game in the Mortal Kombat series oh, in 1992. Man, I'm so bad with these names. Oh, um, I think I know what this character looks like. I have no idea what it's called. Was the only female character in the first Mortal Kombat game. Appears again in the most recent one. <laughs> Uh, Dana says Chun Li. <laughs> Dana's, Dana's contempt for this quiz grows by the question. Colin says Ice Lady. I couldn't remember any of the characters. I know. It, I thought maybe there was a court. Like I thought there was maybe like a female scorpion. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, sorry, Sub Zero. Oh, sorry, female Sub Zero. And Karen says Sonia, which is correct. Yay! Character Sonia Blade. <laughs> Played in the most recent game by Trisha Helfer. <laughs> this actor, this Battlestar Galactica actor, we're still on the new show, by the way. This Battlestar Galactica actor, uh, in a different project, in a different thing he did, had a line that is pretty well known in sci-fi cinema. And the line is, oh. it's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? Name the, name the actor... And and you know what? For a bonus point, name the movie. Ding. It's it's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? It is the penultimate. And we're in actor and movie, or what? Or in what? a oh no, yes, actor and movie. Okay, actor who is from Battlestar Galactica. This is in a different movie. 
Dana says Edward James almost in Alien. Um, oh. Colin says Edward James almost in Blade Runner. Karen yeah. says Edward James almost in Blade Runner. Blade Runner. It is Edward James almost in Blade Runner. He's the yes. cop. Gaff. Yeah. Yes, Gaff. And we are now going back in time oh, to okay. the land of the 1970s and 1980s. Man. Dr. Z. On the spin-off Galactica 1980, uh-huh. was played by an actor named Robbie Rist. He had previously performed on the final six episodes of The Brady Bunch as this universally hated character. Final six episodes of The Brady Bunch. Robbie Rist played this universally reviled, reviled? character. I may be slightly exaggerating, but not that much. Robbie Rist then went on to play Dr. Z on Galactica 1980. Wait, how long was he in the Brady Bunch? The final six episodes. Six episodes? Yes. Delivering the final line of the final episode of the Brady Bunch. Karen says, Sam. Colin says, Cousin Oliver 100%. That's what I meant. And uh, Dana said Cousin Teddy, but really, but meant Cousin Oliver. I meant the kid. (laughs) Um... It is indeed Cousin Oliver, 100%. Wow, that's what? half a point. I'm adding <laughs> adding that's half a I'm, point to Dana's it was the It was because the, the kids on the I show meant... were t- too old. Oh, they so felt they, need they needed kid. to add a little kid again, and this was the most disastrous. <laughs> yeah. Um, really? Hate, yeah. They do that on TV all the time, though. It's a they, trope, it right? Is, well, it's called yeah. the Cousin Oliver oh. syndrome. Yeah, they did it on Married with Children. They did it on Cosby Show. They did it on the Cosby Show. Yeah. And um, there was another very famous one. Family Ties. Yes. Oh, Andy. Andy. This British actress played Serena in the original Battlestar Galactica pilot. Later, she would take the title role in a very popular CBS drama series that ran from 1993 to 1998. Name the actress. Oh, is it What's Her Face? It, it is What's Her Face. What? Dana's. Hold on. Karen is still thinking about it. Just write down the first British yeah. actress that comes to mind. <laughs> Could be correct. You don't know. Angela Lansbury. No, that's almost. I was like, that's titular. <laughs> but that's not 90s. Uh, it's yeah. not titular, though. Murder, Murder she, she wrote. wrote. I, I guess. The she, I guess. <laughs> this is not that much of a story. <laughs> Karen says, question mark. Uh, oh. Colin says Jane Seymour. Dana says Jane Seymour. It was Duh. Jane Seymour who starred in Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Indeed. Also in Wedding Crashers. Speaking of, and designs jewelry. Should I go back and amend Open the, Hearts the, collection? Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. That I have one final question for you. And speaking of TV westerns, Lorne Green who played Commander Adama in the original series, was best known as Ben Cartwright on this TV series. What? That sounds so familiar. Okay, is this series before or after Battlestar? It was before the original Battlestar Galactica. It was an older TV series in which Lorne Green played Ben Cartwright. Colin and Dana surreptitiously looking at the other's I'm answers. I'm trying to look at Colin's answer. Maybe Colin, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling Colin knows. Karen says the Andy Griffith ah. show. Colin says Bonanza 100%. Dana says the Waltons. It is 
Bonanza, one hundred percent. Colin was alive yeah. during this. Yeah, there. Yeah, no yeah. fair. So Dana with a hard one, two and a half points. Fought oh, you for, got the half. Fought for one and a half every points. percentage point of a point. Oh my god. Karen with four points, uh, but it's Colin with wow. eight points yeah. who rocked the Battlestar Galactica quiz. That was rough. That <laughs> yeah. was hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No context makes it yeah. real. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't even know that the actor's name was Richard Hatch on that. I just, he was like oh. the only, I'm like, all right, Survivor, yeah. Oh, oh, so you got it through Survivor. I did, I did. Maybe, you know what, maybe oh, some part yeah, of my brain yeah, deep in there that. knew it, maybe. I just think that's kind of funny that there's yeah. like this ambiguation page for Richard Hatch that's like <laughs> Richard Hatch Survivor winner, Richard Hatch Battlestar Galactica actor. <laughs> Slash novelist. Oh. He wrote Battlestar Galactica novels during that downtime. Oh, yeah. interesting. He really interesting never gave up it. on that dream. He yeah, really didn't. Yeah. He must have when gone to like all the cons. I bet, I bet he was fight. at every convention signing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 You met we him. Met, we did. WonderCon. No. We met him at WonderCon. Oh. At WonderCon. Yep. Cool. He was, he had, yeah. He actually, as I found out on the Wikipedias as I was researching uh, this quiz, Richard Hatch, happy birthday, sir, because a few days ago he turned 70 years old. Wow. wow he doesn't. Wow. He, he looks, look oh, like... he looks, he looks 53 yeah. max. Well, yeah. you know, you age more slowly in space. Big, so yes. it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, when you're traveling really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. So I don't know if this fits into sci-fi or not. It's science and it's somewhat <laughs> it's not fictional. Real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good enough for us. Yeah. Recently, I've been hearing a lot of, like, things are going wrong. <laughs> Something got fudged up. And they're like, oh, you know what? Mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> and that, so what does it mean by Mercury in retrograde? In mythology, the the planet Mercury was named after the, the god Mercury, god, Mercury yeah. who is a messenger of gods, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, he governs travel and communication mm-hmm. and learning. And so, this is why when Mercury retrograde happens, uh, has the reputation of like, oh, it's Mercury, the god who's sending conversations going haywire because mm-hmm. he's he's the god governing communication. Oh, so and when the planet. It- is in retrograde. That means like he, it's he's tricking everybody. And what does retrograde yeah, yeah, yeah. mean? I mean, that's ridiculous because everybody knows that it's actually elves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is it? So what does it mean by Mercury in retrograde? This is actual science. This is actual science. Yeah, the, the so planets are real. The planets, the planets, planets are they real. do they do move on the real paths. Yeah. But this this is how I feel about horoscopes. I love horoscopes when it's a good thing. And it applies to me and be like, oh, yay, something good's going to happen. And when something bad's going to happen, it was like, mm, who believes in that anyways? <laughs> Mercury is uh, pretty fast moving and it has an oval, like an elliptical orbit yeah. around uh-huh. the sun. Uh, so it's not like a perfect circle. So it will move faster when it's closer to the sun because yes. of the gravitational pull. Okay. So three or four times a year, uh, the planet catches up to Earth's orbit. 
and Earth is a little bit more regular, a mm-hmm. little bit more uh, uh, circular. And so Mercury is slowing down a little bit as it's orbiting. We're still all moving together, but it looks like Mercury is going backwards. So imagine like, say you have two cars going the same speed. You're going the same speed and then the other car slows down. Mm -hmm. It looks like that car is moving backwards. You're you're, you're passing it. You're passing Uh, it and it's going backwards. So that's what happened. That's what uh, retrograde is. It's not really moving backwards. It's just, it's slowing down because it, it's receding. It's receding from us. Yeah. (laughs) And because the orbit is a different shape than ours. And so that is real. Okay. That is real. Yes. Sure. Like people prepare for this. People really prepare for Mercury in retrograde. They prepare for it? Like, yeah. Like, they just, like, they're more aware. and You want to know. undertake any major life decisions. It's, or, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do is any big life decisions or anything that is, like, a purchase that, you know, you're going to invest in a TV. You wait until mer- it's oh, not in retrograde anymore. Or if you have, like, a wedding or something. Like, mm-hmm. they do plan around. It's interesting. It's like, oh, powerless people looking for patterns to, like, help them make sense of their lives. Of their <laughs> like, lives, yeah. Geez. Yeah, that's well put, yeah. actually. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. it's kind of science and it's kind of fiction. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Thank you. I I had Not no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. It's something I don't understand. I see. <laughs> I'll close it out with a lighthearted quiz about pets and science fiction. Ooh. So these are animals, I would argue, that are pets of other characters in a science fiction um, movie or TV show or book. All right. So like Chewbacca. I didn't. I didn't classify Chewbacca as a pet. Han Solo is Chewie's pet. Yeah. All right. So barnyard buzzers ready. All right. We'll start out with a crowd favorite. Who is Leela's pet on Futurama? <laughs> Karen. Nibbler. Nibbler. From Nibblonian. The Nibblonians. Yeah. Okay. Bonus point follow up. Oh. Fry's dog in Futurama. Oh my god. Oh, so sad. Karen. Seymour. Seymour. Oh. Data's cat on Star Trek. Oh. Oh, we've had this the before. Next generation. Yeah. Sorry. It, yeah. Arthas? No, 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 no. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Musketeer is the other Star Trek. It's yeah. the Beagle. Sorry. Einstein. No. It is like someone famous. Like no. no, it's it's Warrior. it's a human name, right? No. Oh, man. Well, Einstein name. is definitely oh, is human. It, is it no. Spot? Spot. Spot. Oh. I knew it was something okay. arch or cute oh, okay. or clever in some way. Okay, Spot. Captain Archer's beagle on the Enterprise is Porthos. Porthos. How about Doctor Who's pet? Karen. K nine. K nine. Jabba the Hutt's pet in Return of the Jedi. Oh, Princess Leia. Ah. <laughs> That's a slave, not a pet. Oh, sorry. Ah. That is salacious, salacious crumb. crumb. Sure. Is he really? A- <laughs> I have a, a different answer. Oh, what <laughs> really? Yes. Salacious Crumb is a little guy. Who yeah, I don't think it's yeah. a pet. Yeah. The little oh. Muppet. Well, who's the? Oh, oh. Are we talking about the Rancor? The Rancor. Ah, uh, that's not a he's pet. He's not his pet. Yeah, he's, because uh, he's the pet of the guard. He's the pet of the guard keeper. The, yeah. guy, the guy who uh, weeps when Luke wait, kills the Wait, no, no, the no, 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 no. I mean, wouldn't the guard keeper hired by Jabba the Hutt to oversee the Rancor in, that, Jabba the, in, that Jabba the Hutt owns? Like, you or I might have 
you know, a gardener come in. It's not there. It's not his garden. It's you Mike. know, I'm just hiring him. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, reasonable people could disagree. I'm pretty sure Jabba owns. The Everyone's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the guard is. It's his pet. I agree, and also like, it's the rancor, the rancor monster. It's not his name. Yeah, you know, it's like that's what he is. Yeah. he's the rancor. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I should never ask any Star Wars questions. Hi. Doc Brown's dog in Back to the Future. Chris. That is Einstein. That's Einstein. That's Einstein. The main gremlin in the Gremlins movie. Oh. The the oh. cute one, right? Gizmo? Yeah. Gizmo. Gizmo. Oh, okay. So in Up, I would like the name <laughs> of the dog with a robotic collar. Alpha. With, why, what, I mean, there are several. I would say the main dog. The main oh, dog. The main Doug. dog. Doug. Alpha, yeah. Beta, and, and Gamma. Gamma. Yeah. <laughs> Doug. Chris. The robotic dog in the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I don't know. I, I only researched human actors. Okay. There's uh, a dog? Yeah, he was a yeah. robotic dog. He was a Daggett. And his uh, name was... Wow. Uh, uh, You're so close. Yeah, it was... Uh, um, Biscuit. No. <laughs> getting close. I like you biscuit. Want me to say? Yeah. Give me the first biscuit. letter. For a robot M. dog. Uh, um, it was it was like like Muffet. Yes. 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 Oh yes. yes. Thank you. Ooh, yeah. Oh, biscuit's yeah. kind of close. Yeah. Like biscuit. Yeah. And you were like Daggett and biscuit, and I was like, <laughs> you guys are in Muffet, ballpark. Which I which I believe was a chimp they put in a suit. I th- what? I, I think it was. I, I think <laughs> wow. it was. Why didn't they just have the chimp? <laughs> why don't they, why they have to make it a robot? Why does be a robot dog? <laughs> and be a dog. Oh my god. They could just have a train chimp. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be impressive enough. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> the alien, or the dog oh. alien in Men in Black. Oh. Frankie? Oh, Frank the dog. Frank the dog. Wow. Kind of dog. Uh, it is a pug. Pug, yes. <laughs> Good job, Karen. Uh, Thank you. Yes, I, I know my The robotic dog that was on the first show broadcast in color. Oh. Chris. Oh. Astro. Astro. Oh. From the Jetsons. Yes. That was the first show broadcast in color. Nice. And finally, Ellen Ripley's pet and one of two survivors at the end of oh, Alien. Oh, what the... <laughs> Um, wow, what was it, Colin? That was uh, so. It's been A, wasn't it? No, no. was it? Uh, oh, it's uh, oh, jeez, uh, not, not Jinx, not not. No, it's walks, uh, um, it's a person's name. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is. Jasper, S- J- Sam, Jesus. Oh. Yeah, he walks in at one point. It's like a last like, name. Yeah, like Will, Jones. Wilson, Jonesy, 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 Jonesy. That's right. Yep. Good job, you guys. Man, hey. we're like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jinx is What'd from uh, um, Jinx Meet the, the Parents, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I got to this. Can you feel Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, all right. And that is our sci-fi episode. Thank you guys uh, for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about the early days of sci-fi, the inspiration Battlestar Galactica actors and actresses. Oh, oh now you know. Deep cuts. Yeah, deep cuts. I learned nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Only burning shame. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on Spotify. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.